Welcome to a healthy bite. You're one nibble closer to a more satisfying way of life, a healthier you, and bite-sized bits of healthy motivation. Now let's dig in on the dish with Rebecca Huff. I'm Rebecca and today I am here with authors of a cookbook that has been long overdue on the shelf. It's called The Anti-Cookbook and it is by Rebecca Bloom and Shelly, can you pronounce your last name for me Shelly? Onderdonk. Onderdonk, okay. And I was just telling them before we started recording, it's, it, this is the best book. I really think it's time that someone wrote this book because so many of us moms do this we, we anti-cook, we know how we do it. And it's kind of like your kids always say, Hey mom, can you tell me how to make that? And one of you guys even had this happen. And that was the, was it the Asian sauce recipe in here? Yeah. Anti-recipe, unrecipe. So that was you? Yes. Well, it, it was our joint. We actually devised that sauce when we were living together in college. Rebecca oh and I. goodness. That is yeah. the coolest thing. Well, Shelly, why don't you start and tell us a little bit about yourself and then Rebecca, you can tell us about yourself and then we'll jump into talking about some of your unrecipes. Hi, I am um, Shelly Onderdonk and I am by profession a veterinarian, but I am also a mother of three sons, part-time writer, part-time yoga teacher and rider and trainer of horses as well. Um, I live in Aiken, South Carolina on a horse farm and have raised the boys here with hopefully the ideals of uh, taking care of our earth. And my partner is Rebecca. I love it. Hello. Thanks, <laughs> My name is Rebecca Bloom. I am a former attorney. I'm a writer and an editor. I work for a startup as an editorial director presently. I have two daughters and Shelly and I met in college. We can talk more about that afterwards. Uh, but I've got the two daughters. She's got the two sons. And raised them with a real appreciation for healthy and organically grown foods. And realized when the first one got out the door out of college that she needed a real love letter about how to actually do all this stuff that I'd been raising her to do. And enter Shelly's email. So, yes, I had the idea the summer, the same summer that Rebecca's talking about, because our oldest children are the same age. They both graduated from college, were by happenstance both moving to New York City to start work. And uh, I found myself um, answering a lot of queries about, you know, old recipes, mom, how do I do this? And feeling a, a big responsibility to try to transmit some of the information because healthy eating is very important to me. I, I've been a long time, mostly vegetarian, um, and um, did a lot of cooking for my sons. We, because we live on a farm, fast food is not available. Um, so we, we cooked. And uh, I, you know, my worst nightmare was to think about my child leaving New York City and eating out every single meal. And um, not only because it would be too expensive, but also it'd be so unhealthy. And so um, I started writing down some of the ideas that I had. And as I was writing, I realized that there was just a lot more than just the recipes that I wanted to talk to about, and a lot more than um, just food 
uh, like what you put in your mouth, but sort of the larger issues around food that I kind of wanted to impart to my child. And as I was writing, I had an epiphany that Rebecca was the person that I wanted to pursue this project with. Rebecca, I had worked with Rebecca once before when my husband and I had written a book and she was our editor. And um, so I knew from a writing um, perspective and working with her that that would be a very good relationship. Um, and then from my more personal um, interaction with her and knowing that she shared a lot of my same values, um, I thought that she would have a lot to add to my seed of an idea. Sure. I was literally walking down Broadway from Bed Bath and Beyond with plastic bags cutting into my arms. You know what, you know how they do that? Yeah. We, we shouldn't use those bags anymore. But in any case, they were cutting into my arms. I was moving my daughter in with my parents because she didn't have a job yet in New York. So she was staying with my mom and dad. And my mom and dad eat out a lot. And what I told my kid is, if you're going to live with them, you're going to cook for them. So it was incredible. I was, I was buying pots and pans and blenders and spatulas and bringing them into the apartment when I got this email from Shelly. So I knew that saying yes was absolutely the directive. So I went with it. It's like it was meant to be. Yep. You know, when you have that feeling like, oh my, I can't believe this has fallen in my lap right now of all times. Mm -hmm. I absolutely love it when that happens. But I did read your story about, you know, how you had moved your daughter in. And that was one of the first things I was just so impressed by um, that she was moving in with your parents and that you were like, okay, well, you're going to cook for your grandparents. I mean, first of all, the fact that you could ask her to do that and, you know, that she would have any idea how to cook anything that was impressive in and of itself. And then the fact that she would be willing to go along with that. I mean, just the whole idea of it, I thought was wonderful. I mean, you know, it's, you don't get a free ride very often in life. So having her take on that responsibility was probably a huge benefit for your parents and her. So how did it turn out? Well, it turned out great, but at the beginning, was the flood of text messages that led to an entire chapter of the book as which, you know, if you read the book, you know what I'm talking about. It, it was really wonderful because, you know, my parents were nurturing her, welcoming her to this big new city while she was in a, a you know, a, a stressful moment looking for the right job. And in turn, she nurtured them. So I was so happy to jump in and do a little bit of coaching to get her there. And it was really lovely because she learned how to experiment and she learned how to do things on the fly and she figured out how to shop, how to prepare, how to save things for lunches and leftovers and what you can freeze and how, how to deal with a slow cooker. You know, so many things. She learned how to organize life, not just for herself, but to benefit my parents in the moment. And boy, they were so sad when she moved out. I bet. That's beautiful. I loved that. I love that story. So Shelly, was the, when you came up with this seed of an idea, as you call it, was it, 
did you know it was going to be the anti cookbook or did you think, okay, I'm going to write this cookbook. I'm going to try to help people. Or did you know that it wasn't going to be like a recipe step one, step two, step three. And also would you explain to our listeners who maybe haven't picked up a copy of this book, why, why you call it this and a little bit about how the cookbook is structured. Okay. Um, yes. So it was definitely going to be a different kind of cookbook from the very beginning um, because part of what we really want to convey is that um, you do not have to have a, a perfect picture of a meal um, to, in order to eat well. And we also really want it, we're very conscious of um, cost in, in all of the, the recipes. Um, and in sort of the ethos of the book. And so that is also a, um, was, was there from the very beginning. And so we came up with the idea of the anti-cookbook um, from a uh, coloring book that you maybe have heard of before, but I was um, a huge fan of the anti-coloring book series for my kids. It is basically a coloring book that does not ask you to color within the lines and wow. asks you to think outside the box. And so a typical page, if I remember this page that my middle son did, was you know giving you a general description of something that you might want to create to make somebody healthier. Like, you know, like just really innovative kinds of things. And some of it was, yes, more simple. And that was a complicated one, but like, uh, and that, that maybe not be a great example. But anyways, the, the, the anti-coloring book was basically about not being your typical coloring book. And so I wanted this to be not your typical cookbook where you have to spend, you know, $200 when you go to the grocery store and six hours in order to make a meal for four people, you know, that that was not going to be everybody's way that they want to spend an afternoon. And um, we, as far as the actual title, we did um, go round and around about it, as you know, people always do who, who write books. Um, for a while, the, the anti part of it was just going to be a chapter. Um, and we had some other, you know, we had obviously a lot of other ideas for the title, but we ended up circling back and coming back to our original sort of intention, I would say. What do you think about that, Rebecca, as far as picking the title? Yes, I agree. And um, we, we did go around a lot and we, we have almost no conflict, but this was something we had a little bit of back and forth, the gentlest of pushing creative pushback on and what we well, ended up with else's ideas too because yes. everybody was you know when you think about a title everybody wants to give their opinion including exactly. and children <laughs> the high, the people you hire anyways go ahead yes anyway so when you see something called the anti-anything it has a bit of a of a negative connotation and so that's something that really gave some of our early reviewers and supporters a bit of pause well, how are you going to write a cookbook that says you're against cooking? You know, if you, if you just look at it like that, who's going to pick that up off the shelf? It says, it says the anti-cookbook. What does that it's mean? your explanation about why you aren't saying you don't love cookbooks. Exactly. And so, you know, we aren't against cooking. That's not the point. Mm -hmm. The point is we're against this complex of factors that causes people to feel intimidated 
by the process of shopping or growing and preparing healthy, nourishing food for themselves and their families. We're against ordering a meal kit with all that packaging. We're against fast food. We're against doing the easy, quick thing to shove some food down your throat. And we're for sitting down to a meal with people you care about and taking the time regardless of how busy you are. We're against really exhaustive recipes that, in, that, that make people feel like they can't possibly replicate what that chef made. And what we're for is practical, affordable solutions to healthy, organic eating. So there you have it. That, I think you pretty much summed it up. I mean, that's, that's basically kind of my thought process as I read through the book of this is why you wrote the book, probably part of why you didn't include a lot of pictures. I mean, that's one thing that I, so I will preface that by saying that I am obsessed with cookbooks, but when I first moved out of my parents' home as a young person, I had no idea how to cook anything beyond maybe cinnamon toast and scrambled eggs. And maybe I knew how to make gravy. I'm not sure because I'm from the South. I might've known how to make fudge because that was something that my dad always did in an iron skillet, you know? So like a couple of things, but not enough to survive really. And so I had to learn and I went out and I got that first red and white cookbook that you know everybody gets. And I basically taught myself, but this would have been so much better because there's not the exactness of, for example, you have um, here is brown white brown rice with sautéed greens topped with a fried egg, and you talk about how to add a nutritional boost to it, how to add a spice boost, and then of course my favorite it's the that Asian sauce. What's that <laughs> one called? Pong pong. Pong pong sauce. I knew it had a funny name and I, yeah. I made it because I have made variations of pong pong sauce and I love, you know, Asian flavors and I loved the pong pong sauce. And so I think this is the kind of cookbook that people can really start out with and work their way up to if, like you say, you're not against cookbooks. There's no reason why people can't move up to those fancier cookbooks where, hey, when you finish, it should look something like this, right? Yeah, right. It's exactly. like a starter for kids moving out or for adults who've maybe never cooked before, just getting an idea of how to get in the kitchen and actually prepare a meal that you can eat, not trying to make some kind of showstopper meal. Yeah, it is definitely meant to be feeding your family well um, or feeding yourself well on a weekday when you're busy and you, but you don't want to do takeout, you know, and so how, how you can kind of manage that. And um, one of, you know, my particularly um, favorite chapters is the week at a time where we really talk about how to think about shopping like on a Sunday, preparing some basic things, take you just a couple hours and can kind of really see through most of the week. Um, and uh, that's, you know, that's a lot of uh, involving riffing on a theme. So you kind of get some basic things down and then you can add different things on different nights so you're not feeling like you're just repeating leftovers all the time. And building on the previous yeah. days and stuff like that. I, I thought that was genius the way you shared that. I wanted to ask you guys, so as you were writing the cookbook, did you, I mean, did you guys 
collaborate to get like a lot of this stuff probably started from when you were in college. So tell me kind of the process of how you guys came up with the various recipes or unrecipes. I always, I'm feeling strange calling them recipes because they're more like food guides. Food, food ideas. <laughs> food ideas. Food ideas. Yeah. 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 Um, well, I'll guess I'll start with that. Is it our first, how, how we work basically was every two weeks we gave each other assignments and then we would meet by um, talking and go over what we'd worked on and found. But the first couple were just all coming up with recipes. And, and so probably for the first two months or something, what we would do is we would um, try to come up, remember a recipe and write a story about the recipe. So they were like story, story food, you know? And after we had sort of a, a group of those was when we started organizing it a little bit more. And then we probably spent about six months organizing it. And then we came back in and added more recipes too, because, you know, we've been able to ferment for a while and come up with more ideas. And, and then when it was for a while, it was kind of fun because whenever I would cook, I would kind of be creative a little bit and think about, well, what can I do that's new, you know, and it was ostensibly working. <laughs> yeah. You know, what I would add to that is we know each other well, and what we decided to do was mine one another's backgrounds and experiences. So we come from pretty different backgrounds. I grew up in New York. Shelly grew up in California. Now I live in California. She lives in South Carolina. I lived for a while in Italy. She lived for a while in China. So we, eat, we each picked up on some really interesting food influences along the way and learned things from, from people as we went. So we really tried to put those together and that's why it came out so interesting and diverse. And, and we were so excited about that. And also the other thing I wanted to point out, what Shelly said is really right. The stories of the food really matter to us because it's about, connect, it's about connecting with our, with our forebears and connecting our kids to our grandparents. And it's just so, so lovely and meaningful. And we really wanted to make sure we captured that. I love that. And I think you did. I, I think it was very much um, a book about breaking bread. It's just about family and togetherness. And it's so much more focus on, you know, people, you know, and just the togetherness of how food brings us together and a little bit less on execution. So I guess that's kind of my take on it. That's a great take. Well, thank you. My daughter looked at it and she, um, she's 11 by the way. And so she says, I can cook anything as long as I have a recipe. So far that's been true. I don't really feel like I ever taught her to cook, but somehow she, I guess through osmosis of being in the kitchen with me or being my helper, she's picked up on stuff. But this is what blows my mind is, um, so she says, I'm going to make macarons one day. And I was thinking, gosh, this is going to be a disaster because egg whites, stiff peaks, all these things, you know, I'm thinking this is going to just be, and I was like, okay, honey, um, just want to let you know, those are really hard. Macy, her older sister, Macy's made those before. And she said that they're pretty difficult. And Shauna's like, well, I think I can do it. And so I'm like, okay, help yourself. So she went in the kitchen. I heard a lot of noise in there. A couple of hours later, I went in and she had these perfectly uniform with the feet. I don't know if you have ever tried to cook macarons, but there's a specific way you have to do the egg whites and then they end up with these little feet on them. And so somehow she had managed to crank out several dozen 
perfect macarons with a recipe. And I was beyond blown away. <laughs> so like I'd never had made macarons myself. And so I was just kind of shocked. But when she saw this book, she was like, well, it doesn't have an ingredient list really. I mean, it's not, um, where are the steps? And I was like, no, this cookbook, it lets you be in charge. So you can take it and just make something with it. You know, you're, it's a guide. And so she's like, Oh, I get it. But you probably can't do that with baking. Right. And I was like, well, baking is a little bit more exact. Well, baking with is a little more, so you can. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, baking is a little more precise, but you precise. you have to know what you're doing a little bit. It's a little less forgiving. But you still, I mean, my muffin recipe is a perfect example in there where, you know, it's really open and like try lots of different things because a lot of different things work. Muffins are a good thing to do with because they're pretty forgetting. Muffins. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, something you made me think of when you, when you told that story, Rebecca, about your daughter making the macarons, which, wow, I'm impressed because those are hard to make, is one of our original titles, our, our working title that we started with was cooking your way to independence. And so this idea that she saw this challenge and decided to just put her head down and conquer it is, is really in line with what we're doing, even if the specific precision of a macaron recipe isn't what we're after. But that journey is definitely what we were after. Exactly. And I guess that journey that you have translated into this book is the journey that she went on with me, because I feel like what you do here is what most of us who we um, give that to our kids. I mean, so some people cook a lot and some people don't. People like me who love to cook and spend all their time in the kitchen, somehow our kids get this cookbook just because